It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It's Friday, and it's a cleanup day. For new listeners, and I know we have some, the podcast has has steadily grown over the last six to eight months, and and I'm really I'm really happy to have so many new listeners. It it sounds like people are letting their friends know about the show, letting their family know about the show. Always post the show if you like one. Let someone know about it. I had someone on Twitter the other day say, I tell someone new almost every day about the show. And I really do appreciate that. And hopefully they do too. I hope you listen because you like the show. You're not hate listening. We're going to talk about gambling today. We're going to talk about a little bit about the anthem changes that the NFL has made and some of the the reaction to that already. But I want to start with some storylines from OTAs because there have been a couple questions that people have had uh, some issues that are out there and some good things. Uh, number one, I thought it was interesting that Mercedes Lewis said one of the reasons he signed in Green Bay, in fact, he didn't go to Green Bay on that visit expecting to sign a contract, but it was a meeting with Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham that sold him on the idea. And that's interesting. Not just that he went in not thinking he was going to be signed. That's probably uh, based on history. The Packers still have a reputation for not signing players, but I think also uh, it, it speaks to the relationship already that's been formed between Rodgers and Graham. They have been effusive in their praise of one another, and the fact that that was what sold Mercedes Lewis, I think, is is telling for what's to come for this team moving forward and and the way that they handle free agency. In fact, Mike McCarthy said that even right now, the pool of available players is a place where Green Bay still wants to be aggressive, that they want to add players. And that was a, a question I've, I've had a couple times asked of me on Twitter about outside linebacker and whether or not Green Bay is going to go get someone as Clay Matthews suggested they might or that they should. I think there's a very good chance that Green Bay adds a depth piece. They've, they've clearly shown now. I mean, we have a track record now of Green Bay saying, if there's a guy out there that can help us, we're going to go get him. 
And the reason may be as simple as they're good and make us better. The Byron Bell signing and the Mercedes Lewis signings are not moves Ted Thompson would have made. I think we can safely say that. But that that was an open question heading into this offseason after the Jimmy Graham signing, after the Muhammad Wilkerson signing, and after the Tremont Williams signing, I I wondered, is this because the offseason has been so full of, of upheaval? Is it because this new GM wants to make a splash? Or is this the new normal for the Green Bay Packers? And I think we can say pretty definitively at this point now, when we have new moves to discuss or potential moves once every two weeks, I mean, this has been an, a, a formidable offseason already. ESPN, Bill Barnwell, and Mina Kimes did a, an NFC Moves podcast where they graded offseason moves. The Packers got a B-plus from both of them. This has been a great offseason, and it continues to get better when you add Byron Bell and Mercedes Lewis. There is this issue lingering over OTAs, though, and that is haha, Clinton Dix is not practicing. These are optional practices. Tremont Williams, who was not there initially, is now practicing with the team. And we don't know why. We haven't been given a reason why. Now, it doesn't take any sort of high-level deductions to imagine that it's probably because he doesn't have a contract and he feels he deserves one and he's not going to he's not going to risk it any sooner than he has to because if he gets hurt in OTAs, the Packers don't have to pay him after this season. So there's no reason for him to risk injury in an optional practice. I don't blame him for doing this. In fact, I think more more players should probably do it because I mean, we already saw the Chargers lose their starting tight end, a very good player to a serious injury. And so that's not something that you can afford to risk as a football player when you only have one year left on your deal. And before we get to some of the other stuff, uh, it, it happened earlier in the week. And Jason Woody called it the first real highlight of OTAs. And that was Jair Alexander picked off a back shoulder throw from Aaron Rodgers. Now that is supposed to be a throw that not only is Aaron Rodgers the best in football at, which he is, it's also supposed to be a play that is basically uninterceptable, theoretically. Now, this could also speak to Geronimo Allison and his shortcomings, his failings as a receiver. And it could be about not being on the same page. Aaron Rodgers has also uh, talked about practice as a place for him to try things and to, to really honestly goof around to keep himself entertained because it can be boring. He's seen everything. He knows everything. He knows this offense inside and out. But it is a great sign for Jair Alexander. He's going to get a trial by fire in these practices with facing Aaron Rodgers every day. This is iron sharpening iron. And for him to already be making plays, it just shows his instinct and playmaking ability. I know a lot of Packers fans were really excited about the Josh Jackson draft pick, and with good reason, he's a really good player. But let's not forget that Alexander is an incredible athlete with outstanding playmaking instincts, and I think we're going to see him making plays on the field sooner rather than later. 
Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. That's free money for you to get data you should already be having. Get great stats like passer rating when targeted from a cornerback or Yards per route run by a receiver, those are excellent fantasy stats as well, especially if you're in an IDP league. There is so much fantasy content and data that they have there to make you a better fantasy football player, daily fantasy player, and just to make you a smarter football fan. So let me help you get that subscription for free by winning our contest. Name and Twitter handle in a review of Locked On Packers on iTunes. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. So let's go in chronological order with these big macro NFL stories. And the first is the Supreme Court essentially saying that federal law does not supersede state law in the case of gambling. And that is a somewhat convoluted way of saying that states are now, short of a new federal law, states will be allowed to legalize gambling. And not just fantasy football, but full-on gambling. And this obviously has enormous repercussions around the league. The NFL was one of the few leagues, one of the few American sports leagues that hadn't previously been on board. Adam Silver was an early adopter of understanding the potential value in legalized gambling. Value to the league and to the players. And baseball was in on it as well. And it took Roger Goodell a little while. And he was a little late to the party, as is usually the case with him. But what I think he realized was this is an enormous money-making opportunity for the league. And he did something that I think is smart, even if it is unlikely to happen. And he said, okay, if this is going to be a thing, if gambling is going to be legal, then it's in the best interest of everyone to say, 
we need to have some federal regulations. And what he's really saying is it is in the best interest of these sports leagues for ease of access and for competitive balance purposes to make sure that there are federal regulations on this because here is the problem. And it is a similar problem to what the league faces with its anti-drug policy. If you're a Seattle Seahawk and you live in Washington where marijuana is legal, why should the league punish you for engaging in legal activity? That is a private activity, understanding that if you, you know, obviously if you get an OWI or something like that, that you are subject to um, other clauses in the the CBA that could open you up to punishment. But there's no reason why those players or Denver Broncos players should be punished for engaging in what is legal activity. Now, the reason that they are is because federally we know what the law is and the league has to has to essentially protect all of its teams and they create policy that affects most of their franchises. So what could happen is in New Jersey, if New Jersey becomes a gambling state, then the New York Jets and the New York Giants can open kiosks at the Meadowlands. They can open fantasy football websites and they can profit off gambling. And the league can't tell them they can't because it is legal in New Jersey. Now, how do you deal with that revenue from a collective bargaining agreement standpoint? How do you deal with all of that money that could be coming in? And and in New York, you don't think that there are going to be millions of, of gambling dollars pouring in? Does that fall under revenue sharing? Does new, Do those New York franchises have to share that money? And if they don't, how does that affect competitive balance? Do those franchises have less of an incentive to field competitive teams because they don't need to bring in that gate money or that, that, that franchise money from merchandise or whatever it is because they have the gambling money? The, from the league standpoint, it makes sense for them to say, we need to have federal regulations and essentially if we're going to allow states to make this legal, then let's make it federally legal Let's put certain restrictions on it. And what the other leagues have said is, we want to cut. The NBA said, we want 1%. We basically want to rake the pot. Like this is, this is some sort of illegal card game and the house is going to take a piece of the action. Now, I wrote for Fansided that, that a league like the NFL is absolutely entitled to do that. Because if you are going to benefit from the games and the gambling and, and you're going to make money as a, as a casino or as just a book, I mean, there are in, in England, if you go over there and, and you want to go see the British Open, you can also, before you get there, you can place some bets on who's going to have the low round of the day, who's going to win, all that stuff. You, it's, you just walk into a gas station, like you can buy a lottery ticket and you can place bets. So if you are going to to make money off of that, why should the league allow you to make money on their game without them benefiting from it as well? They have all of those disclaimers. You are not allowed to rebroadcast this game without the express written consent of the NFL. 
you have to have specific clearance and and pay for rights just to show the games. When when you talk about rights fees, the reason that you can't use music, if you're if you're a podcast, let's say Lockdown Packers wants to use Nelly. I'm just thinking because it was just in a Billions episode. They used Hot in here. And they had to pay for that. They had to pay a licensing fee because that that makes money. If Locked On Packers wanted to play Nelly, I would have to pay a licensing fee to play Nelly because I benefit, I profit off this show. And so I can't profit off this show using Nelly because that is a copyrighted product. The NFL is a copyrighted product. So why should gambling outfits be able to profit off the league? They shouldn't. In my opinion, I think the leagues are right to ask for this fee. And and basically what they can do is they say, if you're a state and you license someone, then that, that gambling establishment has to pay what amounts to a tax. They're going to have to pay income tax on their revenue and they're going to have to pay state tax on that revenue and what the leagues are saying is we want you to put an additional cap or an additional tax on that revenue or at the very least you're going to give us one percent of the revenue you take in and I think that's a reasonable way to handle all of this that means that we are not far from being able to go watch a Packer game at Lambeau Field And after you get your brat and your beer, go to the kiosk and say, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a touchdown pass this quarter, or the Packers are going to cover the spread, or they're going to cover the second half spread, or there's going to be a kickoff out of, I mean, there are so many ways, so many props, so many different avenues to make money off of this that teams are going to find them. And the, the NFL They have a fantasy football platform right now, NFL.com. And what the league might do is the league might open up a platform to make money off gambling. You can go to NFL.com and say the Packers are going to cover the spread. That could be a thing that happens. We could be moving that direction. And that's that's a fascinating direction to be moving in. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL. And after that incredible game one of the finals, LeBron goes 51-8-8 and and still loses because of a J.R. Smith brain fart. Recap it all with Locked On NBA. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. 
the experts have spoken. Verizon has been named America's most reliable network by Rootmetrics, proving there's only one best network. Best and most reliable based on rankings from the Rootmetrics U.S. Root Score Report, dated first half 2021. Your results may vary. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this last topic, and I saved it for last because not everyone is going to want to talk about it. Not everyone is going to want to listen to me talk about it. And that is the the change that was made by the NFL to the policy that teams come out and stand for the anthem. Now, there was no rule saying teams had to stand. And there is now a rule that says you do have to stand, but only if you come out of the tunnel. You can stay in the locker room as a player if you want to. There is no longer a mandate for you to come out. And... There has been reporting since then that basically the NFL had the president in mind when they came to this agreement. And not specifically that this rule was only made because of the criticisms that President Trump and and those um, in conservative media leveled against the league and and those kneeling. This is not even going to be a discussion about those protests. That's not the relevant point here. But by the end of the season, the NFL had made some inroads with players. And players who had been kneeling started to stand. And they started to protest in different ways. And guys like Malcolm Jenkins, you know, their fist raised instead of kneeling. The story was subsiding if you're the NFL and that's what you want to happen. You want the story to go away. Or at least that's how the league feels about it. Now, obviously, the players, the reason you protest is so that it stays in our consciousness. It stays relevant you're you're protesting to raise awareness and to say look this is unacceptable what is going on in our country when it comes to the treatment of people of color especially when it when it involves interactions with police and that is what the protest was about and the league didn't like it because there was this backlash and the president calling Colin Kaepernick a son of a bitch and all of these things that that came along with it And that drama, that controversy had subsided. And if you're the league, that you would think would be a net positive for them. And instead, what they've done is said, now you're not going to be able to protest outwardly, but you can still protest by not coming out for the anthem at all or choosing not to. And instead of week one being about the return of Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or the, the incredible collection of talent the Rams put together, or what is is this Brady's last run at his Super Bowl, all of the different things that, that could have been on our minds for week one now center around who is and who isn't out of the locker room for the anthem. They took an issue that, for most people, was not an issue. But the league was afraid of the story, and they made it a bigger story. And they did it to a, in part, they admitted, in part, to appease Donald Trump. And yet, the president has already come out and blasted anyone who would stay in the locker room. And so in trying to, I mean, this is, this is taking a non-issue and making it worse. I, I wrote in, in my column that this was a solution in search of a problem. And, and what it's done is it's not even just a solution in search of a problem. It's a solution that created a problem. There was no reason to make this change. And in fact, there's already been reporting 
that this change has emboldened players to do something just to spite the league and the critics of these protests. That now, essentially, the league poked the hornet's nest when it comes to player attitudes. They were fine. They were just living their life, buzzing away, working hard. And now you poke the nest and they're pissed. And, and rightfully so. There was no need to make this change. But never underestimate the league's ability to make any situation worse. All right, we're going to be back next week. And we're going to have three, three shows. We'll talk more storylines. Aaron Rodgers' contract situation. There was some reporting that that Rodgers was looking to put an opt-out into his contract. So essentially he could renegotiate it whenever he wanted. Which I have, I have predicted all along that the Rodgers contract is going to be paradigm shifting in the way that it is focused and the way that it is structured. And that is whether it's something like this opt-out or the percentage of salary cap notion, Rodgers is, is trying to be innovative and he is trying to amp up his leverage and he's trying to maximize his earning potential. And I'm not sure there's any amount of money that Packer fans would think is too much to pay Aaron Rodgers. He's proven his worth to this team. So, they're going to get this contract done. There, there should be no worries about that. He, he is trying to increase his leverage, but we know he's not going to leave. He just wants more money, and he deserves more money. And if he's still playing like this at a high level and he's playing 16 games, then he's going to get his money. And the Packers should be willing to pay. And if they are willing to pay, that, that does have implications for the rest of the roster because the team is going to have to keep drafting well. That is why... The draft pick swap was so great in the spring to add that first round pick. Add value. Give yourself more picks so that you can keep adding in low cost players. The best asset any team can have is a rookie salary where a player becomes a star in year two or year three or even right away. There is nothing more valuable outside of the quarterback position than a cheap rookie contract for a player who is playing at a high level. And so Green Bay, when they're going to be paying Aaron Rodgers so much, has to continue to find ways to get younger players in here. And that's been the biggest problem in the Ted Thompson era. And Brian Gutekunst is going to have to face the same thing as Aaron Rodgers wanes in terms of his career arc as he plays the back nine, as it were. And he's still hole 12, 13. I mean, he's got he's got five, six plus more years if he wants them. And so Brian Gutekinds has to keep making this team competitive. All right, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. All the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. All there for you so you can do your best to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>